the TARDIS lands on the planet of the Gons, who are being enslaved by two aliens known as the Crotons. The Doctor, Jamie and Zoe must work with the Gons to try and overthrow and destroy the Gons' slave masters. This is the Crotons. Welcome to Regenerated. Shout. Go away and don't fuss me. Now come back. What's this? It's all right, I know. Uh, right, fire away. I'm ready. Uh, oh. Oh. Oh, Doctor, you've got it all wrong. Oh, dear, I've been working in square roots. Uh, can I have that again, please? Well, they don't give you second shots. Well, press the button oh. again. This is the most advanced machine. Perhaps he can't answer the questions. Of course he can. The doctor's almost as clever as I am. You see? Yeah. Oh, now what have I done? Oh, doctor, you've divided instead of multiplying. You must concentrate. I am, Zoe, I am! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Regenerated. I am Matt. And I'm joined by the old ball and chain, Becky. Less of the old and less of the ball and chain. Actually, I said old, as in O-L, not old. Moving on quickly. Um, this week we have... I will give you moving on quickly. This week we have the Crotons. And prepare Crotons. listeners for that or for like the whole episode. We're going to get Crouton jokes, I'm guessing, throughout the whole of this episode. So, uh, quickly, a couple of little things. Uh, Blu-ray news, Doctor Who season 24 has actually now got a release date of June the 21st. Expect that to be moved. This is a um, Sylvester McCoy's very first season. And from what I can see from the trailer, there's actually um, a CGI'd version of Colin Baker regenerating into Sylvester McCoy. So that's going to be a quite an interesting little feature, I think, as well. And also, I think we are kind of agreeing to move on with a second podcast yeah uh being an x-files one we've sort of discussed it we were going to do a musical one but we sort of decided that actually we think an x-files one would be a quite good one to do so there'll be more news on that we're sort of getting things together to uh be able to bring that out and there'll be an introduction in the next few weeks but this is doctor who so 28th of december 68 to the 8th of january 69 the crotons four episodes so nice little short one this week uh especially after last week's uh eight episode invasion and also we've got that uh monumental task of watching the 10 episode war games in about three weeks time if we keep going one a yep. week <laughs> so this one was written by robert holmes quickly to say robert holmes this is his first uh story He's very big with Doctor Who. He actually overall is 
the writer who's done the most episodes. He's done 64 in total. So he's quite a big uh, person with regards to Doctor Who. And this one was also directed by David Maloney and he did The Mind Robbers. So before we get into uh, the Crotons, we'll have a little quick synopsis. When the TARDIS arrives on the planet of the Gons, the Doctor, Jamie and Zoe discover a world ruled and enslaved by the Crotons. The brightest Gons are always chosen to serve as companions of the Crotons and are never seen again. The Doctor and his friends decide to put a stop to their rule, but in doing so, inadvertently unleash the true power of the Crotons instead. That's kind of it in a nutshell. Very short and sweet this week, Becky. Pretty much, yeah. So, um, I'll get your thoughts on, as we always do, on the, uh, what we thought of the, the serial at the very end. But we'll start off with episode one. So, this started off with another weird little opening. Doesn't really feature the Doctor in the beginning. It's kind of like a sort of sort of uh, selection ceremony where they are selecting, like I say in the synopsis. Soup. The, yeah, what? What? You said they were selecting something, so I just put soup in there. Right. No, it's not soup. It's the sure? the most cleverest gons. Yeah, but maybe it could be because they turn their brains to soup. There was uh, the Abu gone. Yeah. Varna gone. And mm. I made the joke of I'll be gone. Which was bad. Well, yeah. Bit of a, a strange name for that. Gons. Yeah. So yeah, I the, thought at first, or maybe they're like brother and sister or something, but then I was like, nope. Well, everyone's just called it, the same surname. It does seem that they do sort of pick like a male and a female. Hmm. So, because we get this a little bit later on in an episode as well with the Doctor and Zoe. But, yeah, but they're the only two that kind of participate in that. Well, time. Yeah. Frame. So. Let's say there's a selection ceremony. The TARDIS then lands. They leave the TARDIS and then they find this city where they go down to uh, this metal door, which ends up opening a man. Yeah, I just find it very ironic. The fact he comes out of a TARDIS, opens a massive sort of black umbrella and outside it was chucking it down. Well, yeah, the, <laughs> the umbrella does actually, should have really mentioned that. So thank you, Becky, for mentioning that because that does actually come into play a little bit later on as well the umbrella yeah, but the fact that it was chucking it down here when we were watching yeah, it a bit it was, ironic it was quite, quite ironic yes a little bit ironic so yes this metal door opens a man comes sort of stumbling out and he gets smoked by these two like well disintegrated is more the terminology i think well yeah but it's like smoke that comes out yeah but he didn't get smoked because if he was smoked then it would have been more of the case of he would have still been in fully form. He got disintegrated. Well, yeah. Smoked and then disintegrated. The Doctor, Jamie and Zoe then enter the city. Jamie gets into a bit of a, a fist fight here with one of the Gons. Again, it seems that Jamie... He can't keep his hands to yeah, himself. Jamie has this sort, of, this sort of fighting streak where he has to sort of prove his mettle against people and... He's he doesn't take very kindly to people like, you know, uh, calling calling him out. And mm. um, before we sort of move on, 
this one really, to me, was very much Doctor and Zoe show. Jamie mm. really did take a back seat in this one. And maybe it's sort of... We will well, get... that's one of them things of where her intelligence comes into play. That's what I was going to say, you know, and after last week's The Invasion, what we said in the episode was about uh, Isabel's sort of a feminist speech that where they go into sort of paint Zoe now in a more, you know, um, feminist like, yeah, sort mm. of, yeah. Make her more, a bit more of a dominant character as well. And I think to be fair, they kind of did in my eyes. Yeah, but semi. they did. It's kind but of to semi. be honest, it was kind of obvious that she's more of the basically intelligent one out of her and Jamie. So obviously with something, an episode of this sort of, you know, capacity, it was obviously going to be more of a Zoe episode. Well, yeah, with the intelligence. Um, she, her intelligence kind of serves a purpose a little bit to... Uh, with one of the plot points, I think, as well. Yeah. Um, in one of the episodes. So after Jamie gets in the fight, they mentioned about Varna, who's also gone through to the doors, and the Doctor decides that he wants to go and rescue her. So they run outside to where the doors were. She then comes out only for the Doctor to sort of um, grab her to one side and smother her with his umbrella. As the smoke cannon guns things Shelters come out. Shelters her, you mean? Well, it kind of, well, smother. <laughs> well, no, so smothering's like practically trying to suffocate someone. Oh, you don't know, do you? Well, he protects. Shields. Well, well shields, that's the word I'm probably looking for there. He shields her with yeah, this think. umbrella, which ends up sort of disintegrating the umbrella. You'd, in been, parts. you'd been screwed if you basically were a knight with a sword and a shield, and you forgot your shield and decided to smother someone. Mm. Well, yeah. Oh, here's a pillow. <laughs> you know. Like anyway, as uh, like I say, as Varna comes out, he grabs her. They then um, set off for is it Selrus? I think he's like the sort of council, the head of the council. I think. Yeah. Uh, they go to his house where Varna is sort of in this coma, and there's a mention that nobody's ever seen these crotons, um, and we kind of, when we get to see them, I've we can understand them. why. I've seen them. Right. Okay. They're little crumbly blocks that float into... <laughs> well, they're kind of metallic blocks. But we'll get on to what the crotons look like in a minute. Now uh, they're fr- cold bits of fried bread that float in soup. Mm. Anyway, they say that everything comes from these sort of learning... Or in a Caesar salad, if you prefer. Learning machines like laws and their knowledge and stuff like that. A group then is sort of going to leave to go to this... Uh, do they call it the learning hall? I think is what they call it. Where their knowledge is... I thought they just said school. Well, yeah, but it is a learning hall. That's what they call yeah, it. Yeah, so it's a school. So a group of guns, they go to the learning hall to destroy this machine. The Doctor and Jamie and Zoe race to stop them. The Crotons then talk to the group uh, with a very... And Mark Campbell makes this reference in his verdict. And I spotted it in a later episode, but it is there in the voice. Did you notice something particularly different about the Croton voice or voices? It sounded very Australian. Well, it's, it is something about the accent, but it's not about being Australian. They sound very brummy. They sound like they're from Birmingham. 
I don't know. Part of me was like, well, it could be an Australian accent. It could be this accent. Yeah, it could be that accent. And I still couldn't settle on one. Well, it's a funny little thing that they've, yeah, they're from like a Brummie accent. Like I say, Mark Campbell makes reference to that in the verdict. So then uh, the Crotons then talk to this group who are destroying the So they're uh, not machines. from another planet. They're just from Birmingham. Yeah, basically. Yes. <laughs> the, tells the group to sort of stop and leave the learning hall only for the Doctor, Jamie and Zoe to arrive. And then this like, weird sort of box with an x on it scans this like camera and they scan the doctor there's like a bleeping and then it's like light eye thing comes out like a snake with like an in eye. the navigator well yes it does look a little bit like that <laughs> it's quite a funny little um prop shall we say it sort of comes out the box then turns towards the screen or so to to look at us should we say the viewer and it has the doctor's image on the box and then the eye goes no it reminds me of what's that you can make and that's gonna make you laugh it's it reminds me kind of of jeff from men in black too right you know the big worm that eats the subway Mm. yeah yes right you know okay probably the head i'll take your word for it because i haven't seen that film for ages so uh, say so I'll take your word for it. Oh my god! So yeah, so this that's basically need to watch Men in Black. I love that film. Well, that's it. Um, yeah, this is the end. We need of the to episode, have a Will. So. We, we just need to have a Will Smith marathon. Right. Okay. Yeah. If you say so, Becky. Yeah. Okay. He's funny. In places. Independence Day is cool. Mm. Okay. So episode two. Children need educating. Just put uh, it there. Episode two, the Doctor then figures out that this uh, eye worm snake thing is focusing on his image. So he puts his hands you over said his worm. face. What about it? Well, Jeff's a giant worm. Okay. Yeah, okay. we'll call him Jeff. All right, then. Well, that's the last time we see him, so you're all right, then. The Gons then go for the eye, or a Gond goes for the but eye. Jeff. He ends up uh, being smoked slash evaporated for Becky there. And then it goes... It's not evaporated, it's disintegrated. Okay. Same thing, You've watched it? enough Looney Tunes to know what a disintegrator gun does. Well, it's, it's the same thing, Becky. Evaporated you or know, disintegrated, it when means disappeared. when you get the Acme disintegrator gun and the gun disintegrates instead of the other person. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it goes back into the ship. The Crotons then once again speak orders that everyone leaves the hall. Yeah, they want to know if they want tomato or mushroom. Well, yeah. The Doctor then checks on Varna. Doctor wants to take two... Uh, the Doctor then wants to take Zoe, shall I say, round, uh, or maybe back, vegetable. back to the Minestrone. hall where, while Jamie stays behind Oxtail. with these pills for Varna. So again, that's what maybe I mean a about... Maybe leek and potato. So that's what I'm saying about they kind of write um, Jamie out of it Am here. Am I annoying you yet? No, you're not. I'm just <laughs> continuing and ignoring you. Just probably like the listeners are as well. I could just keep listing flavours of soup. Well, you, you could know. do, but we'd be here all day and the listeners will turn off. So I think we'll leave it there for soup. <laughs> You've already done enough. I forgot pea and crouton, ham. Crouton references. I forgot so. pea and ham soup. Anyway, uh, as they as the Doctor goes back to the hall, he spots this little hatch. He goes down inside. He goes down inside with Celrus. And Zoe takes a look French at this machine, onion. which she hooks into. The Doctor then comes back up to spot that Zoe is in the machine. 
Zoe's took this sort of test and she actually passes it and she seems to be under the influence of the crotons momentarily. And soup. Then uh, Zoe uh, registers a high score and Varna ends up waking up and um, complains about these flashing balls, which never come of anything either. That's kind of a strange sort of thing she says. Yeah, balls of fire. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, the whole goodness gracious great balls of fire thing. Mm. And I'm like, well, where's the balls of fire? Exactly. I don't understand what that's in reference to when she says that because it doesn't really come of anything. Anyway, Jamie then goes to get the doctor. A gong then goes off. There's this message that Zoe has been chosen. The doctor can't have this. So he says that he's going to go in there with her. So he then hooks himself into the machine, takes a test. There's a little bit of comedy in this one as well with Patrick Trout. And I I was very, um, let's say I was very comfortable with the comedy, uh, the comedy in this one. I thought it was really, really quite well done from Patrick Trout. And add the fact he acted like an idiot. Well, well, he didn't. He just, did did a little bit wrong here. He sort of hooked in, got failed the sort of test, realizes oh, I was doing it in square roots. So then he does it again, only for then Zoe to then say that he added instead of multiplied, no, no, isn't it? it or multiplied instead of added. He done division instead of multiplication. Yeah, and then in the end, he actually does it, and he actually gets a higher score than Zoe. And then that gong goes off straight away, near enough, and says that the doctor's been chosen from the crotons. To go inside this, uh, what we then come Although, to learn. Although, are they garlic ship. or plain? What's that? Are they garlic or plain? What? The croutons. I don't know, Becky. They're metallic. They're called croutons. croutons. Oh, probably the listeners are shouting at you. They're croutons. <laughs> croutons. But anyway. They're very square-like. They're croutons. Zoe and the Doctor go into the door just as oh, Jamie arrives and inside Zoe then makes reference to it being kind of like a spaceship they sit on these chairs. Doctor and Zoe hold this chain while they're being scanned. Yeah, well, they never really kind of focus on that very much. Isn't it something I like to do with like it's something to do with the power thing, hmm. where he says that the power will be like transferred between them. Yeah, but of then them the chain the full... breaks anyway, yeah. and then that's never mentioned again. Yeah, it is a, like a really strange plot point. I found hmm. the same thing is the weird. I found this bit bit strange anyway, because you end up with two fish tanks. Uh, the Doctor ends up testing the water. Something then starts to come out of the water. So the Doctor and Zoe run run for it, only for this like robot type thing to come out of the water. It was really strange. It's a really strange sequence. Yeah, but surely electronics don't mix with water. Yeah, you don't really see it. Do do the crotons actually come out of the water? It looks like they do because yeah. they're like hand thingy comes the claw. Clip, clipper thingy, whatever it is, comes out. I yeah, know, it looks like a dodgy Lego hand. So then Jamie's sort of trying to get in. You know, one villain that spaceship? Doctor Who haven't done. What's that? Evil Lego men. Oh, no. <laughs> Maybe you could write in and see. <laughs> the Doctor then opens the door, but they sort of have to jump to the side to escape the poison guns because they've now figured out it's poison. Because they could be everywhere because near enough, I bet you every household has Lego. Well, probably. So, yeah. Anyway, the Crotons... More Lego than Adipose. The Crotons end up opening the front door to let Jamie inside. Jamie is captured and then he's tested um, mentally, I think is the right word, because they do like a mind scan thing. And that's the end of episode two. 
So episode three, the Crotons turn off the scanner. The Doctor and Zoe go back to the TARDIS while Jamie is questioned by the Crotons. A small group of Gons plan to sort of rise up against the Crotons. The Crotons end up leaving, or one of the Crotons ends up leaving the ship with this like gun thing. This gun thing, like yeah, like the the long like barrel gun. It's really weird because it sort of looked like a gas canister. Well, it is. It's, it's supposed to be probably like the poison gun things from the front. From the back, actually, but yeah. Well, front, back, whichever. The Doctor and Zoe end up collecting sulfur. Again, I don't really... I think it... Actually, I think it's for later on, isn't it? I think yeah. the sulfur, yes, and we'll get onto that in a minute. Um, from the surrounding area of the uh, TARDIS, only for then Zoe to feel like she's being watched... The Crotons then come up behind the Doctor and Zoe and order them to return. Jamie grabs another one of them sort of cannon guns. He ends up firing it at the Croton that's left behind in the ship because there's only two, isn't there? There's only Mm -hmm. two Crotons. We get a bit of backstory of why there's only two in episode four. But he sort of goes for the gun, gets the gun, shoots the Croton, doesn't really work. He ends up getting knocked out by this Croton. That causes a distraction because the other Croton that's with the Doctor and Zoe is distracted by the fact that's lost contact with the one in the ship. This is, uh, like I said, a distraction. That means that the Doctor and Zoe can then run away. Then the Croton who's back at the ship orders the Croton that's next to the TARDIS to destroy it. He fires at the TARDIS. It disappears Jamie then is on the floor. He sort of comes to. He plays sort of dead. The TARDIS rematerializes a little bit of a way as the Croton sort of moves away. And then we get the reference to the HADS system from the Doctor. Hmm. Can you remember what it stands for? The what? The HADS system? Yes, H-A-D-S. Hydraulic acid, isn't it? No, it's isn't it hazard awareness detection system i think i don't know i can't really remember it's it's to do with hazards so the doctor explains this is another little feature of the tardis i like these sort of things i like to mention these basically when the tardis senses danger it dematerializes to only then rematerialize out of danger so this is again another little nod to the fact that the tardis is a living thing yeah again we're kind of getting little like nuggets of information that the tardis is kind of living um and this is another one that is actually like can actually move now if there's a hazard in the area or it's getting shot at or something like that anyway the doctor and zoe make their way back to the gons Uh, jamie gets up and escapes from that spaceship varna is better and the doctor and zoe then return the doctor is then told of the plan to destroy the machine supports underneath the Doctor then races to stop this from happening. Zoe then asks about where Jamie is because they kind of forget about Jamie and where yeah. he is. They go back to the hall. Or they, they go back to the hall, but then they go into that hatch, don't they? That's where they yeah. go, where they're destroying the struts or attempting to destroy these struts that are holding up the machine. The ceiling's sort of breaking up and caving in. The Doctor... And Zoe, let's say, arrive only for then the rocks to fall, and that is the end of the episode. And then we go into the last episode. So, like I say, really short and sweet this week. 
rocks uh the rocks from the ceiling fall onto the doctor is it thar is it thara is that how you say it yeah Thara. yeah he comes to help doctor he he was helping varna quite a lot in this uh serial he goes to help the doctor he's fine you know dust sort of dusts himself off no broken legs or anything like that there's a bit more of a cave in but this time far thara gets hurt the Crotons then spot the Doctor and Zoe on their sort of scanner screen and they order that they be retrieved because they're like a superior intellect. There is a crack that is a forming in the machine from the uh, the attempt that is destroying the struts. Varna then brings this acid to the Doctor because the Doctor's figured out with the sulfur and everything from his TARDIS that sulfuric acid or an approximation of sulfuric acid is what they really need to overthrow the crotons and destroy their um, spaceship starship yep so the doctor and zoe are told that jamie is actually in that ship they then go to find him jamie opens that back door to where the poison cannons are the crotons then come out or uh, out of the ship asking about the doctor and zoe they fire a gun that disintegrates one of the gons as a sort of uh, bartering chip because they ask is it uh, Elek? I think his yeah. name is Elek to bring them to him. So he reluctant. I, I, I don't know if he's reluctant. He kind of says, "Well, if I bring them to you, will you leave?" And they said yes. So he sort of. It's easy for him to then say, "Okay, then I'll bring them to you." Jamie then gets out from underneath that back door because it's sort of slightly wedged open. The jets go off, but Dr. Jamie and Zoe end up getting to safety. Jamie then is sent to get uh, on to get and manufacture a lot more acid. So then he goes off to the science officer, uh, scientist who's beta. Is that yeah. right? I'm right. I'm right. Um, and I did write down Dynatrope. That's what they're calling this ship. But yeah. for the purpose of ease it's just easy to call it a starship spaceship so then every i think everyone knows what a spaceship is so the doctor and zoe go to that learning hall where they're followed by elec they're captured and escorted to the ship the door opens salaris has a bottle of acid he dives into the ship as the door closes handed hands the doctor the acid but he is end up killed by the crotons the doctor then gives the acid to zoe and this is where we get a bit of the backstory from the Crotons that they were, they need four, ma- uh, four intellects to pilot the ship. Yeah. So that's why they've been sort of cho- selecting these intellects. The there were four Crotons, but two of them got destroyed, mm. and they had to emergency land here on this planet, and that's why they've been looking for these um, superior minds to help them get off the planet. So, uh, Jamie and Beta, they come into the chamber or hall with some more, like a big massive, like, uh, vase or vase or whatever you're saying. No one says a vase, that's more like a cauldron. Or cauldron pot thing. Yeah. Um, The doctor, looks like, has handed the acid to Zoe. She pours the acid into the water tank. There's a lovely bit of um, doctor and Zoe buying time here. Again, like I said, the comedy in this one is really on point from Patrick Troughton, where he's like trying to stall time, where it's like, 
well, I want to stand here. Well, I want to stand there. No, you can stand there. I'll stand there. And it's nice little backwards and forwards between Zoe and Doctor here. I thought it was really nicely done by the two. The crotons then start to sort of groan and they end up dissolving. Doctor and Zoe stop. And turn into soup. Yeah. The Doctor they and... They do. They look like a bit liquidy. Well, then they're... They really are then croutons, then, aren't they? Precisely. So the Doctor and Zoe notice that the the machine is sort of melting. The machine then fully melts as the Doctor and Jamie and Zoe quietly leave as the Doctor doesn't like goodbyes. And then the TARDIS materialises. So that is the crotons. Very, very short and sweet here. So what do you think of the crotons look dodgy. Wow, it's very, very 60s, isn't it? It would look like a dude in a really long, sort of dodgy sort of dress. But then with like a cardboard box on their head and torso. Well, they're not very practical. The The only good thing about the, the crotons was there's a nice little feature where the head spins. That actually was gone quite well. I thought that bit was really, really good. Yeah, but you can do that with a cardboard box. They're very, like, it's very angular. They're Doctor Who's monsters are very angular. You know, they're either like a box or... or circular. Yeah. And they don't really look like, you know, like they've had thousands and thousands spent on them. You know, they're... I find that they're basically... Well, even the Saltarans, you've got sort of like potato-looking sort of dude. Yeah, but even with the Sultarans, which we will get to in Patri- uh, in John Pertwee's era, some of them are looking a little bit sort of dodge, you know. But, yeah, I don't know what to make of it. I think the Crotons, as a monster or mm. villain, or it, to be fair, it, it sort of goes into the robot category of Doctor Who, a bit like the Quarks, you know. If you look at it, it's a very weak, weak monster. Mm. For me, it is anyway. Um, it's just another named robot. Again, to me, I'll get your sort of thoughts now that we've gone through it. You know, like I said, I really like that com- comedic aspect of Doctor Who this week. It's very nice to see Patrick Troughton going a little bit more comedic. Like, that he is like classed as the clown Doctor, you know, and it's nice to see that a little bit more this week come through. So, what did you think of the Crotons as an overall story? It's all right. I've seen worse. Well, we have seen worse, yes. Would you think that this is kind of in the category of the Dominators? Yeah, probably. But then, I you think know, you've got... it's, it's all pretty much similar, you know. Another robot type, you know, with a different shape. To me, you've got... Um, Another person wearing a cardboard box. In Patrick Trout, I've, I've said this repeatedly throughout the, um, the episodes, and our regular listeners will know this, is that I always say it's the quality over the quantity. Like, for me, Underwater Menace is the bomb. It's the probably the worst one I've seen that I personally can say I've seen. And then you've got, like, serials like The Dominators, which are just a little bit above the underwater menace mm. for me you know they're, they're good but they're not great you know they're not like you know epic serials and i would put the crotons into kind of that category where it's good it's watchable it's worth watching but it's not one that i would if i was going to say to somebody who'd never watched patrick troughton's doctor you know if they said which episodes would you want me to watch this is not one i would say you need to watch that one that's the way i feel about it mm. So yeah, I'm 
you know, the, like I say, the highlight for me was just more the comedy aspect and also the Zoe Doctor aspect as well. Like I say, she did really sort of, you know, go off on her own with the Doctor this time. She became number one companion to me. What did you think of Zoe this week with the sort of, she got to use her brain a little bit? She, well, there weren't really any screaming, thankfully. No, but there was, what there was, was a very, very short miniskirt. Just you to see that. No, I I have to say it how it is. 60s Britain, Becky, I have to. I'm saying it how it was. You know, the way I perceive the female companion is I like to judge it from, like, now, you can't really judge a it by now. point of view? Well, no, but no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying you, you have to judge it as you see it and as a 60s Briton I like to see that they use their female companions in the best light so it's things to highlight you know short skirts boobs out looking like a hooker well they're your words Becky well my mum always told me if you're gonna get your legs out put your boobs away and if you're gonna get your boobs out put your legs away she did she didn't have she didn't have a she didn't have a her chest out you know that's just always the way I was brought up. And also she likes a because bit... Because if you get a buff out, you also, look like a hooker. They also like to put Zoe into PVC as well, by the looks of it. Or levery type PVC outfits. Mm, PVC is more like plastic. But, well, yeah. You know. But again, that's the style of the 60s. Yeah. You know, for a program that is like supposed to be all, ta- all time and space, they do kind of keep the look of the female companion very fashionable to 60s. Yeah, I know what you mean. But I think she, I think they did the best they could with this story with her, and I think she does take the lead in the companions here. And I think, you know, like you say, she isn't. There were situations where she could have been probably screamy. Yeah, to but be she didn't. You know, like a, a situation where the cro the croton comes behind her and the doctor when they're uh, gathering the sulfur for the sulfuric acid. She could have had a scream there. She didn't. Yeah, true. So they didn't write her to be a screamy companion in this one. She took the lead. They sort of give Jamie a bit of a backseat. He didn't really do too much, to be fair, except for coughing and spluttering as they're doing the sulfuric acid. Yeah. He's going to have, like, third-degree chemical burns on his lungs now through breathing all that acid in. Probably. But, yeah. So, um... That being said, I think we will we'll go quickly, actually, before we go to Mark Campbell's verdict. We'll go to the poll, because I like to do this every time. So in the poll, 241 episodes. This one came in at 207. So it's quite low on the Patrick Chowton scale. Um, when we go through the war games at the very end and wrap up John Pertwee, uh, sorry, Patrick Chowton's Doctor, I will, uh, what's the word? consolidate is the word all the polls and the number so we see which one come at the top and which come at the bottom so we'll put this into some perspective in a few weeks when we get to the war games and we'll see where this one actually favored in the minds of the fans with regards to things like the underwater menace and the dominators and all the other serials that we had but before we get to that we have a couple more uh serials to get through and I think now we'll go to the independence person. So this is Mark Campbell's verdict.
forgettable performances aside, the Crotons had a decent plot and some imaginative visuals. The Crotons' brummy accents are interesting. A 6 out of 10. Mm. So that's what I mean about saying about the accents being brummy. I did notice that. Um, it's it's not, to be fair, I, I didn't hear it all the time, but there was one little sequence, I think, where they're in the ship where you can hear it, where one of them's talking to the other and you think, that's a bit of a bit of a Birmingham accent there. Yeah. So a six out of ten. So if we give it a little bit of context um, for a six out of ten, the uh, last episode serial, the invasion, got a five out of ten. Um, the mind robber got a ten out of ten, and the dominators got a four out of ten. So he gave this one above average. So mind robbers five, Becky. This one six. Mm. Would you agree that this is a six? Yeah, probably. I think he's probably got that one about right, to be honest. I quite liked it. Um, For once. I think people who watch this one, they have their own opinions of it. It's a bit like The Keys of Marinus or... Um, I can't remember. There's another one, isn't there? There's yeah. another one that people don't particularly... The consensus is they don't particularly like it, but actually on viewing it, it was quite good. But the one that comes to my mind is Keys and Marinus. This is the one that gets a bad rap, but actually Keys and Marinus was actually, for me, quite a good one. It had enough in it to keep me going, and I thought it was quite good. So I think the Crotons is a bit like that. So next week, you know, like I say, this one short and sweet this week. Uh, next week is the Seeds of Death, um, and it's a returning monster. Right. So, um, this one's six episodes. The only returning ones we've had so far have either been the Yeti. Yes. Um, and the Cybermen. Cybermen and Daleks. We haven't, well, yeah, you've had the Daleks early on in Patrick Trouton's era, but we haven't seen them recently for quite a while, and they don't come back until John Pertwee's era. So it's not, it's not the Daleks, fortunately. Mm. It's No, it's a, um, if you wish me, I can spoil it now, or we can wait for your initial reaction. Well, pretty much be the same anyway. Well, I shall then give you a little hint. Um, they are, let's say, they are, um, they're very cold. That's your little clue. Not the Yeti again. It's not the Yeti, no, but there is Cyberman. a... No, it's not the Cybermen. There is another monster that involved ice. The ice warriors. The ice warriors, yes. And then um, it will be the space pirates and then the war games. And then that's it. That'll be goodbye, Patrick Troughton and hello, John Pertwee. And colour as well. Mm. We can't overlook the colour aspect of it. So uh, I think um, wrapping it all up, like I say, I'm like I say looking forward to the end of Patrick Troughton. Uh and we'll like I say I'm looking forward to that war games element of it. And also there's a big reveal in that one as well, just to tease that in a few weeks. So I think we shall leave it there this week, Becky. So like I said about um the other podcast, the X Files one, keep an eye on it. I will like I say keep this up to date. There may be a little teaser sort of snippet that I might splice into one of these episodes in a few more weeks time when we get one of them recorded 
but like I say, we'll keep you updated. All social medias are in the description, so hit us up there for what you thought of the Crotons. Good, bad, or it's all right. Well, let us know and we'll get back to you and reply. So I will leave it there. So I will say goodbye and say goodbye, Becky. Bye-bye. Goodbye.